the silly guys go Hollywood. There is a town so full of movies that they call it Hollywood. Ironically, you won't find any holly or any wood there. What you will find are silvered screens and films of joy. If you're lucky, you'll leave your mark on this town, even if it's nothing more than a stain on the casting couch. If you're unlucky, this town will leave its mark on you, which looks a lot like a stain on a casting couch. Yes, it is here that the magic happens, and many a weary traveler has set his sights on this vaunted town. Three such guys, Andrew, Branson, and Charles, were just about to learn that this town can be a bit of a shithole if you don't know what you're doing, and their journey begins in a law office. We see our three heroes all straightening their ties as they enter the big Hollywood lawyer's office. They sit down in front of his desk in some cool Hollywood-style chairs. Hello, my name is Kremit Skeener. I called you three adult boys in here to discuss the last will and testament of your uncle, Charles Branson Hudson. Now, I understand that your family... If I may interrupt, Kremit, uh, but I need to let you know that, you know, we aren't family. You know, I'm not related to these two guys. Yeah, he's a mutual uncle, meaning that we're all related to him, but we aren't related to each other. Yeah, individually, he's my uncle. And from their point of view, he's their uncle, too. But he's not our uncle. It, it doesn't really affect the proceedings, but we just wanted you to know that. Great. Be that as it may, I've taken good look at the will, and it gives me no pleasure to report that this is a wacky will. To be honest, it was a nightmare to, I don't know, administer, execute. I'm not sure what you call it. I had to get my lawyer to look at it. In any case, there's some crazy stipulations in here. You know, how wacky are we talking? Are we talking wacky like spending a night in a haunted house or like wacky like the movie Indecent Proposal? You mean eating a baby? Well, that's a modest proposal. The fat bastard already did that. No, the movie Indecent Proposal, that guy got paid one million cool ones to sleep with the guy's wife or something. What's wacky about that? I think he couldn't finish or something. Like the one million dollars got into his head or something and he couldn't do the deed, I think. He made a balloon animal out of condoms and he became a famous sex clown. Be that as me, this will is one of the wackiest I've ever come across in my years of a lawyer. I had my lawyer look at it and he went cross-eyed and started hitting his head with a big wooden mallet. Was he doing the thing where he puts his finger on his lips and goes... No, he would never do that. He's a professional. You know, why do you have a lawyer if you are a lawyer? Have you ever sat down and tried to interpret the law? There's way too many laws to learn. Even if you live for a million years, nobody could understand this stuff. So I need a guy who does. Musicians listen to other artists' music to stay relevant. If a lawyer didn't listen to other lawyers' advice, he might become irrelevant. Right. Now, shall I crack the sucker open, or do you want to keep paying me 900 bucks a minute to talk about fat bastard? Is he one of your clients? Is he that fat in real life? I'm going to open it up and start reading. I think you guys are going to keep farting out B-plus riffs. I'm just going to read it. The Last Will and Testament of Charles Branson Hudson. To my favorite nephews, if you are hearing this, that means I'm dead. Don't mourn for me, I had an amazing life. One time I was a trampoline with four different professional cheerleaders. I have a few other examples of how my life was amazing, but they all come short to that. So I'm going to spare you all the details. All you need to know is that the three of the four pro cheerleaders were nymphos, and that they used to work for Maxim as writers and strippers. They used to work for Maxim Magazine as strippers? 
Shut up. That's not for me. It says here in the will that you would ask a stupid question. It tells me to say shut up. So I said it. It also says that Branson's going to follow up with some kind of stupid, crass lie. There was actually a big controversy in my school where these two girls were lesing out. And our school principal put, uh, punished them by chopping off their hands so they couldn't finger each other more better. Branson went to Taliban school. Indeed. Moving along. <clears throat> From the will of Charles Branson Hudson. Before we get to the question of who gets all my money and great stuff, I want you all to know that this is going to be a wacky will. There's going to be a lot of requests that seem illegal or stupid, but I get to make them because I'm dead and you can't yell at me. You can't even get mad at me for this stuff because I'm dead and you have to do it or I'm not giving you my stuff. First up, I request that all three of my nephews must spend the night in a non-haunted mansion. That sounds scary as fuck. There's probably so many rooms in there, we're gonna feel really, really lonely. I like feeling lonely. That means I'm by myself and I get to do whatever I want, even if it's really gross and stupid. I hope there is a bed in the mansion that I could crap in on accident when I'm sleeping because I'm such a stupid little baby and I wasn't here when Branson and Charles were writing the strips so they get to say, they get to make me say whatever they want. <clears throat> Edit. I would never say this. Hold on, there's more. The reason you'll be staying at this mansion is to complete a quest. He has entrusted you three with his ashes with some very peculiar instructions. Heck, I could eat. Pass me the urn. You didn't call dibs. Dibs. If you guys eat those ashes without me, I'm not kidding. I will fucking kill myself. No one's supposed to eat the ashes. Oh, I hope there's buffalo sauce on his ashes. I think it might be easier to bake the ashes into some sort of loaf of bread and eat that. I take the ashes the way I take my blue moons. With a slice of orange in between rounds of Mario Kart on Wii. Wait, why wouldn't you play it on Switch? Because it's funnier to play on the Wii because it reminds me of my thang. Yeah, Your Honor, I think what Andrew is saying here is that Wii sounds like, kind of sounds like Wii Wii. And that's slang for your thang. And thang is slang for your peener. Well, not yours. Anyone's really, I guess. Like, anyone's except mine. Shut up. Focus. The next part is very important. Listen to what your uncle has wrote. This may sound weird, but stay with me. I want you to somehow feed my ashes to the Dalai Lama. Not all of them, but the more of my ashes you get into him, the better. I want you to get into his mouth, into his ears, his eyes, his stomach. Maybe you could do a little at a time or something. You can throw a bunch of me in the air if it's windy and he's around. I'm not telling you to pin him down or assault him or anything, but another idea I thought is that you could put a little me into his food when he isn't looking. Now, why am I doing this? Well, call it a hunch. But I think once enough of me is inside of him, I can start psychologically fighting him for control of his body. I know it's not much, but it's all I truly want. I hope you boys can accommodate me on that. If you don't, I'm not giving you any money or houses or stuff. The Dalai Lama's a genius. There's no way we can get the ashes within dumping range. He's got shooters everywhere. The Dalai Lama's a fraud. He's basically like a big walking chicken soup for the soul book that gets introduced to every single president for some reason. He goes around reading Dove chocolate wrappers and everyone thinks he's some sort of spiritual Einstein. He's masterful at whitewashing war criminals' public images as Tom Sawyer is at whitewashing fences. He even whitewashed Tom Sawyer's image after he used lead paint on some old lady's fence and the fumes killed her instantly. You boys are in luck. The Dalai Lama's in LA this week only. 
I heard he'll be doing a stand-up set at the Lyceum Theatre, among a number of other public appearances. Perhaps you can devise a plan? I'm not going to help you, but let me know once you're done, and I'll give you his golds or his jewels or whatever. Do you have a key to the mansion we could use, or should I just bring a series of average-sized rocks? The only way you get to access the mansion is a retinal scan of your uncle's eye. We didn't realize the complication this would cause until right before the cremation. So I took one of his eyes and I put in this jar of pickle juice for you. That's what's up. Pickled eye, huh? Uh, Say, Mr. Big Shot Lawyer, what would happen if someone, I don't know who, would eat this pickled eye? Pickled eye is a Scandinavian delicacy. First of all, Mr. Big Shot is my lawyer, not me. I can't hold a candle to that guy. Second of all, I don't care if you eat your uncle's eye, but it's the only key to his house. Uh, Let's just eat it some other time. For now, I think we should solve the mystery of the famous wizened llama and the uneaten ashes. Lawyer-san, what is the address of our dear uncle's non-haunted mansion? 123 Oscar Winner Boulevard. If you go down Oscar Nominee Boulevard, take a left at Martin Scorsese's old house, and turn on to Oscar Winner Boulevard, you'll find it right next to Martin Scorsese's new house. Marty! You can't miss it, but if you want to sketch on the back of my funny car, you can hop on. I'll take your word for it that the car is funny. We won't be needing a description of it. Our three heroes leave the law office and are immediately given longboards by the Hollywood Welcome Committee. After a few quick photos, they are sketching down all of the famous roads in Hollywood. Rodeo Drive, the one with the Chinese theater from Grand Theft Auto, and even iconic Route 66. The sun is shining and cool, hypersexualized rock music is blasting from a very funny car. The hot women are all lowering their sunglasses and standards in order to look at these cool guys. The funny car pulls up to a huge mansion in the Hollywood mountains, which make the people in the Hollywood hills look like a bunch of homeless guys throwing up on each other. Oh, and these homeless people look like they are all talentless and have no acting or directing abilities. A homeless man, in theory, could be a great director, but not the ones in this metaphor. Kremitz Skeener honks his horn as he drives away, and it is really funny too, but I can't think of a way to describe it. Uh, I think you know the song it plays. I can't really put it into words or sounds. Oh my god, this mansion is huge! This isn't a mansion. This is a dog's mansion. Look over there. Ours is much, much smaller. For Amir Pooch to succeed so greatly in Hollywood, it must have sucked and fucked his way to the top. Must have eaten a lot of peanut butter off of a lot of guys' nuts and wee-wees and stuff. Guys, this could be a brand new start for us. In California, the land where even a dog can suck his way to the top. Imagine the potential. Dogs can't suck because they don't have lips. Piece of fucking shit. Fucking know-it-all fuck. Guys, look! Holy smokes, it's got a pool. I could push people into it when their phones are in their pockets. Oh my goodness. Is that our very own labyrinth? Now that we're here, I can finally work on my dream of joining the Dalai Lama's posse. Lots of great land here. Good space. A fella could make a living out here, farming on this land. Yes, sir. Here's some salt pork, eating porridge, going to the bathroom outside. Yeah, it's starting to make a lot of sense to me. I'm glad I headed out California way. I didn't know our uncle had a labyrinth. I need to get in there and see what's going on. Might be some snake men or something. Bird guys. There's never just nothing in a labyrinth. Say, who did you say our uncle bought this place from? 
Well, if there's a genuine Minotaur maze, he probably bought it from some Greek guy, like Zeus. Well, maybe it's a Jim Henson-style labyrinth. Besides, Zeus didn't build the Minotaur maze, Daedalus did. Well, Zeus gave Daedalus the seed money. He was like a Greek venture capitalist who invested in innovative ways to trap minotaurs and innovative animals to transform into to fuck human women. Who cares where the maze came from? I just want to meet the minotaur who dwells within. This, this is, is going, this is to, going be to be so, so fun. fun. Maybe we should all, we we should go, all just go to bed. Let the narrator, the narrator take, it from, take it from here. Get from here. Adjusting to life in the big city wasn't easy, but all three of the guys got used to it immediately. They had so much fun living in a big mansion with big TVs and so much yummy food in the refrigerator. In fact, they were so happy to be living there that on their first morning, they had a big breakfast together. Here you go, Branson. Your breakfast of 100 pancakes is ready. It's amazing that one of the chairs at the breakfast table is a toilet. Now Branson can enjoy his meal without getting up 50 times to go to the bathroom. That's our Herman Miller Aaron, Michelangelo. Well, it looks like a toilet. And he's peeing on it right now. Yummy, yummy! I want some maple syrup on my pancakes. There's plenty of that in our big fridge. It's next to the 500 cans of Budweiser beer. Awesome. Hey, can you pass me the coffee? Here you are. Careful. It's hot as a dang cat sleeping on a radiator. Thank you. Just how I take it. Would you like some orange juice? Oh, why, yes, I certainly would. Thank you. Ah. ah. They don't make orange juice like this anymore. Branson, would you like some crepes? Oh boy, would I? And I hope we have whipped cream. Coming right up. Here you are, my friend. Thank you, Andrew. I would slit the throat of any man, woman, or child who crossed you. More berries? Yes, thank you. This is the best spread I've ever seen. More simonin toast crunch? Oh, I couldn't have all that. Well, maybe just a taste. Oh my God, this is decadent and crunchy to boot. Now that 100 pancakes are in my stomach, uh, what plot lines are you guys going to get into today? You know, like our parallel storylines that culminate at the end? I'm going to join the Dalai Lama's posse. He's so cool, and it's always been my dream to be his supplicant and wait on him hand and foot and mouth. I am uh, think I'm going to go check out that sweet labyrinth. You know, the one in the living room. I'm beginning to think Jim Henson made it because I found a bunch of chewed up Kermit the frogs in there. Don't be so sure. What if a Greek-style minotaur lives in there and he killed and ate all the Kermits? Then I'll just talk to him and chill out and smoke him out. I see lots of good land. Yes, sir, a fellow like me could really have a good life out here. I'm going to plant some crops. Heck, it ain't much. But to me, there's nothing better than working the land with my own two hands. And maybe a couple other guys' hands who get paid a lot less than me. Yes, sir. You two can keep your weird Hollywood hijinks all to yourself because I'm a simple farm man now. Okay, but don't farm too long now. Scott Conant called. He's cooking us a chocobo for dinner tonight. He raises them at his ranch in NorCal. Charles stands up from the table, and he's wearing Rick Owens Dark Shadow boots. And these aren't just any Rick Owens Dark Shadow boots. These are the black strobe fogachine boots. Calf-high, wax-coated faux fur boots in black. What are those? Oh, these things? These are, of course, my brand new Rick Owens Dark Shadow boots. You know, the kind that the narrator specified. Rick Owens is what would happen if a dark elf had a bad relationship with his father. I know. I bought them for Chuck. That's what's up. Branson stands up and flushes the toilet. 
It turns out it was a Herman Miller toilet all along. Branson also hawks a huge loogie into the toilet as it goes down. Then he blows his nose into his hand and wipes it on his overalls. Well, time to get to work. Make hay while the sun shines. I know that that is a farmer saying, but I don't know what it means yet, so I'm excited to find out. Charles got out of the house bright and early to walk four miles to the Elysian Theater. He didn't want to miss the Dalai Lama's matinee stand-up set, which was beginning promptly at noon. Outside the club was a bunch of L.A. guys, like, uh, I don't know, Derek and Drill? I'm not really sure who else lives in L.A. would go to see the Dalai Lama do stand-up comedy. Derek said hi or something, and Charles pretended not to know him. It would be embarrassing if the Dalai Lama saw him talking to guys who didn't wear robes and believe in Buddhism or Catholic or whatever the fuck the Dalai Lama believes in. The Dalai Lama is a genius. He rose to the top of the religion world, and just when the religion critics said he was at his peak, he also rose to the top of the stand-up comedy world with his god-tier Netflix special, She Put Her Pussy Where? Live in Dharamsala. About five minutes before the show, the Dalai Lama walks past Charles, flanked by his posse and smoking a Nat Sherman Havana Oval, which he carelessly discarded on the sidewalk after smoking only a few puffs. Wow. When you're that famous, you can just waste whatever you want. As the crowd filtered inside, Charles stood at the back of the venue near the bar and ordered a Budweiser beer. He took a glossy 4x5 photo of the Dalai Lama out of his pocket and scanned it pensively. No, he couldn't ask to get it autographed. Not now. He simply did not have the courage. Plus, the Dalai Lama was coming on stage, and some people might think it was weird to interrupt his set right as it started. So these college girls these days, wow, not like in my day. They must have a PhD in TNA these days, because wow, these girls are popping. Like, I know they call me a llama, but I want a hump. I know llamas don't have humps, but you get the idea. Camels do. Camels have humps. They're pretty close. But anyways, these college girls, right? <laughs> Man, that's wild. He's so live. You ever be fucking a bitch and you look down, you're like, you ain't my bitch. Where'd my bitch go? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, damn, I guess I'm fucking the wrong bitch. Oh, well. Hmm. I guess I see his point. Yeah, that's funny. Cut two. A vast field basking in the late morning sun. Branson is wearing nothing but big jeans and a sun hat, and he's already so sunburned that he is the color of a dog's dick. The fly of his jeans is open, and his bare feet are covered in mud, and there's also a fishing line hanging off one of his toes. He's scratching his head and reading a book. The name of the book is 1001 Funny Jokes. I was really hoping that this book had more jokes about farming in it so I could pick up some context clues. Oh, here's one. Uh, apparently they say dating a pig is a real bore. I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. I'm just going to wing it. You know, seeds, dirt, maybe some water. Yeah, how hard could it be? How did they do it back in olden times? Maybe I should seek the wisdom of my ancestors. Branson looks up into the sky and vaguely Native American music starts playing as he stares longingly into the distance. Then he picks up his phone and calls his dad. Hey dad, it's your son. Yeah, the tallest one. Hey, Dad, do you know anything about planting crops or being a farmer? If you ever want to grow up and stop screwing around, I could get you into computer classes. It would take eight weeks tops, and I could get you hired for at least data entry or something. Branson hangs up the phone and places his hand on the earth. He runs his fingers through the soil. He even tastes a little. Mother Gaia, uh, sorry for hurting you a bunch over the years by littering and peeing outside. 
Also, I want to apologize for inventing Teflon. At least I came up with the idea for it. I didn't do any of the actual research or chemistry for it or anything. I just thought of the idea of a pan with nonstick coating loudly at a dinner party. And I assume someone copied my idea and actually did it. But uh, on the positive side, I've been smoking a ton of weed lately, and I'm pretty sure that you like that. Suddenly, Branson feels the earth shifting around his feet. A beautiful face forms in the soil and stares at him. It is Gaia, the earth spirit, and she looks exactly like a green Cortana. Branson, you are my favorite son. You should not apologize because you have never done wrong. You are my greatest warrior, and I love you. I know, I know, I know. I mean, this is what I've been trying to tell everyone my entire life. You are tall, you are smart, and you are pretty strong for a guy who never works out or exercises. You have high cholesterol and a completely average penis. All right, all right. You know, the longer you talk, the less nice you're being. So let's uh, let's get to the point, Gaia. I have decided to bless you, dear Branson, with these here seeds for some of the funniest fruits and vegetables of all time. Beans. You like beans, eggplant, corn. What, uh, corn? Why is corn funny? Because if you eat a lot of it, it is in your stool and looks really funny. That reminds me, you are also getting seeds for peanuts. Same reason. What else? What else? Asparagus. That's funny. Pea. Makes your pee stink. Anyway. May the blessings of Gaia bless you, or whatever. Here are the seeds. The earthen mouth of Gaia opens, and thousands of seeds start spraying into the air. Branson stands there, seeds swirling around him with his mouth wide open, looking dumb as fuck, as more vaguely Native American music starts playing. The seeds all swirl into a neat-looking pile in front of Branson as the face of Gaia dissipates back into the dirt. Branson stares at the pile of seeds on the ground like a dumbass for 10 seconds. So, uh, so like, uh, uh, so what, uh, what now? Do I just plant these? We now cut to Andrew, who is still home in the big new mansion the fellows live in here in Tinseltown. He is laying on the floor reading the Wikipedia article for Halberds on his phone. He's also listening to Waving Flag by Kanaan on full blast on the Sonos sound system throughout the house. He drank too much coffee at breakfast and his stomach was feeling like absolute junk. But now he feels better and ready to head into the labyrinth in the living room. He stands at the entrance. The walls are 15 feet high and made of obsidian stone. He lights a black cigarette, which has glowing green smoke. It's time to meet destiny. He steps into the dark hall and can instantly feel it about 10 degrees cooler. He puts on his Saint Laurent by Eddie Slimane jacket before he left the label to warm up. He looks up to the ceiling to see that there is none. It's an open night sky. The stars are faint, but many. This place feels familiar somehow, like he has always known it. As he makes his way down the dark corridors, he can faintly smell the scent of a campfire and anise. For a moment, ever so slightly, he thinks he hears music. Is that your woman by White Town in the distance? Don't you hate it when women are fucking uh, guys other than me? Don't you hate that, guys? It's like, fuck me instead! Bitch, fuck me! But for real... In this political climate, it's not easy to be Dalai Lama. 
Hate crimes against bald guys and Buddhists are on the rise. Ever since Donald Trump stopped being president, we gotta vote. We gotta vote, people. This is democracy, and it's our duty as citizens. You know they got women running for office these days, right? Like I be in the ballot box, and some of these bitches sound fine as hell. They got the sexy porn star names like Lori Lightfoot or some shit. Like, damn, can I vote for your ass to meet me at the Radisson by the airport instead of the damn governor's mansion? You ever have some ugly ball motherfucker grab your girl's ass? That's me. So I'm watching this porno the other day, and you know what I realized? The pandemic changed porno. The guys know what I mean. Yeah, don't act like you don't know. Like, girls be wearing masks and shit, like Sub-Zero from Mortal Kombat, is sucking and fucking in these pornos nowadays. I watched so much damn porno during the pandemic. We all did. Right, fellas? The guys know what I'm talking about. My posse was like, your hang will be the only thing hairy on your body. Because you know how jacking off make your palm hairy? Like it was on some royal family shit. King Harry, Harry Royal, whatever his name is. Yeah, uh, okay, uh, what else? Uh, so the royal family's in the nudes again, yeah? The queen died last year. What, did someone fuck her too much? Because she's too old to be just giving that pussy away. You ever be fucking some old pussy and think like, yo, I'm gonna kill this bitch. Like, no way her doctor said her heart healthy enough for sex. Anyway, that's how the queen died. From giving away the pussy too damn old. So that's how it happened. You've been an amazing crowd. My posse is going to be at the merch table selling Livestrong bracelets and autographed scarves. Like the one I handed out at that freaky ass cult in New York. We got CDs too, posters. If you don't have any cash, you can just smoke them out. DJ, kick it! Charles watched the Dalai Lama as he walked like an Egyptian back to the green room. I feel so alive right now. I know the Dalai Lama is a spiritual healer to millions of bald guys around the world, but to me, he's more like a doctor type of healer. Because laughter is the best medicine, and he's not shy about writing a prescription if you just ask. No need to prove you actually need some laughs. Nope. He'll just write that script easy as pie, as if laughter was routine as ordinary everyday oxys. While Charles was reflecting on this transcendent early afternoon experience, he noticed the Dalai Lama in the corner of the club in VIP, ordering lamb-flavored Bacardi bottle service and blasting, Hey Leonardo, she likes me for me, by blessed union of souls. This might be his chance. Charles stepped over the rope cordoning off the VIP section and sat across from the Dalai Lama in his VIP booth. Hey, Mr. Lama, I'm your biggest fan. Charles? You know... Charles from E1 Podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, kid. New autograph. Just because I'm only 34 doesn't mean I'm a kid. And I didn't want an autograph. I wanted to ask about joining your posse. You think you can hang with my posse? These guys are killers. Goons. Pill poppers. Pills. They've been doing pills. Kleptos. Nymphos. Gringos. Gougers. Swindlers. Beguilers. Scoundrels. Rascals. Imps. Crips, bloods, pimps, skeletons, roughnecks, and ghouls. Cowpoaks and gunslingers. Porno guys, you think you can roll with them? Yes, sir. Okay. Well, Steez here was doing 200 and county for moving H and stealing a catalytic converter off a moving cop car. That was before I broke him out of prison myself. And Blaster here, well, he part rhinoceros. He broke out of zoo when he was just a baby. Killed an old lady just looking at him funny. Speared her with his ivory horn. That thing is worth a couple bands, as you can imagine. 
His best friend Rabo is from Finland. You think you can hang with killers like that? I think so. Like, what have you done, you know? You didn't kill anybody. Whenever I see you, you're just hanging out with Bill Clinton at Davos or jet skiing with the street sharks or whatever. And what's this I hear about you being Kate Upton's new sex toy? It too. TMZ got it right once again. Me and Kate just got hitched in the Swiss Alps. You should see the rock I got her. This damn thing blinded our Sherpa. You know how big the Alp is? You wouldn't get up the top without a damn Sherpa. I blinded his ass with this big ass rock. You should have seen Kate's face. Nearly blinded her too. And Justin? Justin Verlander? It's no hard feeling. He swings a baseball bat. I swing this big dick, you know. We're like Lenny Kravitz and Jason Momoa. Still totally cool with each other. Verlander just hooked me up with Met Ticket the other day. Great seats. Wow, I'm really happy for you. And send my regards to Kate. Look, you seem like a nice kid. Maybe if you had Kate Upton's tits or an ass like Justin Verlander, I could use you, my posse. But hey, me and Kate are taping an episode of the Newlywed Game tomorrow. Why don't you get your ugly little friends to come? Okay, yeah, that sounds like fun. Great, now beat it. My tattoo artist is meeting me here. He's going to give me a tattoo of the word taxes and Calvin's going to be pissing on it. Wow, you're my hero. I promise I will always be there for you and Kate. I know I haven't killed anyone yet, but if you need me to, just say the word. I'm sure there's nothing that Blaster can't handle, but if you ever need a guy with clean hands and a pristine credit score to do some dirty work, I don't mind ruining my life for you. And Kate. She's great, and you two are going to be so happy together. Anyway, okay, I know I should leave soon. Bye-bye. Okay, sorry. Bye-bye. Cut back to the mansion, where Andrew is currently sitting on the Minotaur's shoulders, and they're both smoking black cigarettes and exhaling glowing green smoke. They are watching the film Small Soldiers, and you can see the mint-conditioned clamshell case for it on the VCR. They're both wearing sunglasses, too. There's a great interview with Joe Dante on this movie on YouTube. Let me pull it up. The Minotaur reaches across his beanbag chair to pick up his MacBook Air. I don't have an HDMI port on this thing, so is it cool if we just watch it on my laptop? It's not that long. Uh, sure. Hey, have you ever seen the 1994 film The War, directed by John Avnet? Kevin Costner? Elijah Wood? Are you kidding me? Good flick. That was a sweet-ass treehouse. Those junkyard kids sure were dirty. Yeah. Kevin Costner is fighting his own war in his head over being scarred from being in a war. At the same time, his son, played by Elijah Wood is fighting his own kind of war. The war for a treehouse. You know, I guess I never really thought of it that way. Were you homeschooled? Because that's a lot of knowledge. How'd you know? Hey, I was homeschooled too, by myself, in this very maze. Wait a second, hold up. What's this video autoplaying after the Joe Dante interview? Simple Farmer Sings Beautifully to Crops? That's... That's my good friend Branson. He lives in this very mansion with me. Let me see. Andrew grabs hold of the laptop and changes the video quality to best quality, aka 1080p. The video shows Branson covered in dirt, singing angelically at a rapidly growing sunflower. He's singing the song Return to Innocence by Enigma at the plant, like it's the only girl in the whole world. He's singing that part that just goes like, a, a, uh, a, uh, you know that part. The part is like some kind of crazy ethnic chant from some group of people that sound like they sing like crazy. Look at this thing, 34 million views. Are you sure that's your friend? I'm certain about it. Only he could ever do this. My God, he sings like an angel. Simple Farmer Sings Beautifully to Crops is going to be one of the most viral videos of all time. I know. It's like a viral Mona Lisa. 
This view count is going up like it's Goku's power level fighting Frieza. Who? Let's see what he's up to. Ah, damn it. Just one thing. I've never escaped from this labyrinth, so you'll have to show me the way out. And I've got a lot of anxiety about leaving. Here, just pop this 500 milligram edible before we bounce. These edibles are really hard to get. They actually use these as an ethical way to kill cats when they have to put them down. I'm gonna take two. Andrew and the Minotaur both take big, yummy edibles that are shaped like the Lombardi Trophy. They chew them eagerly and swallow them with a big gulp, and then they go, ah, and rub their bellies contently. Ah, oh, this is gonna be a home run. It's been 10 seconds and I don't feel anything yet. Give me two or three more. Okay. Cut to Andrew and the Minotaur walking like Egyptians. In the Steve Martin sense, I don't know if people from Egypt actually walk that way or not. Straight through the walls of the labyrinth. As they emerge from the labyrinth, the Minotaur is overwhelmed by the brightness of the sun. This is his first time outside, and he hides his face under his hands. Would you like a parasol, my agoraphobic friend? Nah, I'm good. I'm good. I actually like squinting. I, you know what? I think I'll just squint. Hey, who's that guy? Is that your boy? Andrew and the Minotaur look over into the field. Branson is laying naked, face down in the dirt. You can tell that he isn't dead because you can hear him snoring through all of the mud. Crops are growing all around him, big ones, little ones, red ones, beans, corn, blue ones. There is a big sunflower growing 10 feet tall in the air, and you can see a little coiled human turd at the base of it, and in the turd you can see a big toenail. Hey, what's up, Branson? Did you pass out because of your hoof and mouth disease? And why are you naked? Hey, I'm naked too. Is that okay? I have a loincloth that I can put on, but it kind of smells like anchovy paste. Nah, it's cool. It's fine for you to be naked because you're covered in hair. Branson, wake up. Come on. I know what'll get him up. Hey, Branson, there's the Regis Philbin biopic coming out soon where the role of Regis is going to be played by John uh, Leguizamo. Oh, shit. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, hey, guys. What's up? Oh, is that the Minotaur? Cool. Hey, man. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Oh, by the way, I'm not naked for a weird reason. I'm naked because I ran out of electrolytes. That's cool. We just came up because we saw your viral video where you sing to the plants and they grow. Pretty impressive that you already have a bunch of full-grown plants in your farm. How'd that happen? Oh, it's actually no big deal. Uh, you ever heard of Gaia? You know Gaia, right? She's uh, what is it? she's the dirt, she's the water, the sky, the earth, basically. And she was talking to me uh, this time as the dirt. Like her face was made in the dirt and the face talked to me. And basically, I can't remember exactly what she said, but the gist of it is that I'm an incredible person. Is that why you were banging the dirt? I wasn't banging the dirt. That was an unrelated thing. But you said Gaia was a face in the dirt. And next thing you know, you are naked in a field laying on your tummy with your dinger in the mud. It wasn't always mud. Uh, it was just dirt when I laid down. Wait, who took the viral video of you singing to the plants? Some guy saw me farming from the street and he walked up here to ask me if I wanted to be a model or an actor. I told him I'm over that stuff and I'm more of a simple kind of guy now. You know, like brown clothes, I'm dirty, you know, I'm not going to get veneers, no health insurance. You know, a salt of the earth kind of guy. You know, he said I could be on the silver screen and I said I only wanted a screen door. Then he said that I could have an Oscar and I said I don't care what his name is, I'm a straight guy. And then he said a third thing I can't remember. And then he took a video of me singing to my crops. Wait, hold on. Minotaur, our friend Charles is walking up. He's cool. Don't worry about him. He's basically like if Hey Arnold was a stoner who didn't smoke weed. I know that isn't a great explanation, but he's basically like if a cartoon child was an adult man who conceptually likes the idea of smoking marijuana, 
but doesn't like it in practice and instead just likes yummy food. Oh, hey guys. Hey, Minotaur. If you want others to be happy, practice compassion. If you want to be happy, practice compassion. What's up? What the fuck did you just say to me? Eh, something I picked up from the Dalai Lama. I call him Mr. Lama for short now. You know, Branson, all that aggression is going to make you die sooner. You should learn to meditate. And as Mr. Lama says, sleep is the best meditation. Wait, are you telling me to go to sleep? It's like 2 p.m. I was just sleeping in the dirt like five minutes ago. As you breathe in, cherish yourself. As you breathe out, cherish all beings. Whoa. The edible still hasn't kicked in, but that's tripping me out. Judge your success by what you had to give up in order to get it. Enough! Shouldn't we make plans to dump these ashes all over the Dalai Lama and get this whole thing over with? Hurry not, Andrew. Let us try to recognize the precious nature of each day. That sounds like a bunch of shit you read on Airbnb decorations. Yeah, the Dalai Lama's basically like Yoda if he talks straight. The Dalai Lama is like God if he appeared on Earth in human form. Which would be a good idea for a book, by the way. Uh, it's called the Bible. It sold like two million copies. Be that as it may, Andrew, the plan which you seek to accomplish? Well, I have the information we need to make it a reality. Mr. Lama says, Give the ones you love wings to fly by, roots to come back, and reasons to stay. And today, you guys have given me wings to fly to the stand-up comedy show, where he said some really funny shit. He was like, the queen's pussy is crazy. I like to touch girls' asses without their permission. Well, it doesn't sound funny when I say it, but it, like, it was really good when he said it. Anyway, you gave me wings to fly. Then, since I had roots to come back, I came back to our mansion. And now, here's my reason to stay. I know exactly where we can find the Dalai Lama tomorrow. Oh my god, that's amazing. You're a genius. He's doing a taping of the newlywed game with his beautiful new wife, Kate Upton. He's going to be an easy target standing there on that stage, and we can dump all the ashes on his head on live TV so the whole world can see it. Wait, you've been saying a lot of really flattering stuff about the Dalai Lama lately. How do we know you're still on our side? Uh, you guys ever think about space? Like, uh, I think I believe in space. But I don't think it's some guy with a big beard up there, and all the planets are crumbs in his beard. I think it's it's more like sunlight through trees. To me, God is a computer. He is the internet. If I was on the Dalai Lama's side, do you think I would do this? Charles takes out a 12-inch hunting knife from his pocket and stabs it directly through the center of his left hand, spraying blood everywhere. The Minotaur rubs his eyes like, am I high as fuck or is this guy crazy? This isn't a fucking game. Friendship isn't a fucking game. I would kill the Dalai Lama right fucking now if it made me more popular with you guys. I just wanted you to know that. I don't know, guys. I'm starting to have doubts about this plan. What if they arrest us? Can I tell you something the Dalai Lama taught me? It's okay to have doubts. Even legendary shooting guard James Harden has doubts sometimes. It's true. Mr. Harden was recently enjoying a birthday party with friends and colleagues at Skank's Wholesale Stripper Outlet and Casino in Henderson, Nevada. One minute, he was living it up, dropping half-eaten Fiber One bars all over the place, blasting champagne all over a janitor who was trying to clean up the Fiber One bars. The next minute, he was sullen, withdrawn. Mr. Lama, he said, I'm having doubts. I'm supposed to be in Sacramento right now. The Sixers are playing the Kings at this very moment. My team needs me. 
coach is going to be so mad I violated my contract by skipping a game to chill at the strip club with the Dalai Lama. And the Dalai Lama, he just looked at James with this wise, sage look, his arms akimbo around two beautiful strippers, and said, Take two of these and call me in the morning. The next night, Harden dropped 75 on the Rockets. Wow. I guess it is okay to make a mess at the strip club. That's not what we're talking about. Besides, you've clogged the toilet at every strip club you've ever been at. That's not the kind of mess they need. Remember when we were in D.C. and Branson got arrested for using the toilet of the unknown soldier? Wow. It sounds like you guys share a lot of memorable experiences together. Not really. It must be nice to have such a great group of friends. You know, I've been alone in the maze all my life. But does anyone care? No. They'd rather see me dead than happily embracing a pair of vivacious young strippers on an unforgettable afternoon with hoops legend James Harden. Yeah, I guess they would. Now come on, we need to devise a plan for exactly how this ash dumping scheme is going to go down. Hold on, I think I just might have a plan. Let's not talk about it too loud though because people might hear. So I want everyone to lean in right now. Okay, now that we're all good and close in a huddle, here's the plan. Oh, yeah, pretty good. I'm planning, too. What the fuck are you guys doing? You're just mumbling nonsense words? Is this really the plan? Shut up, dude. It's just a bit. We're doing a bit. You blew it, man. You really did. We're just going to show up and wing it like every other plan we do. You think we got here by planning? No. We got here because our rich mutual uncle died, even though we aren't related, and he was so rich because he ran the biggest selfie school in all of Los Angeles. We're just gonna wing it, okay? You're the new guy. Be cool. Know your role, jabroni. Cause the Dalai Lama said so. I hate to say it, but he's right. You are the new guy, Minotaur. Basically, all of our plans are just kind of silly, and you just have to kind of get used to it. Yeah. Sometimes the bits or the plans have a kind of backwards logic to them that is comedic in nature. Uh, But basically, we are just going to wing it, and uh, I hope nothing bad happens. Oh, I think I get it now. Okay, guys, here's the plan. No, too late. Let's just move on to the next scene. Cut to an ABC soundstage where the guys and their new friend the Minotaur are taking the seats for the newlywed game. The Minotaur and Branson are fighting feverishly over an armrest. An old lady sitting behind them is passive-aggressively sighing, both because they're so loud and raucous, and they're so dang tall, they're obstructing her view. Branson spills a 64-ounce brisk all over the floor. The old lady sighs again, and Branson turns around like he's trying to find out who did it. Suddenly, the lights flick on, and the music plays, and the Dalai Lama and Kate Upton walk onto the stage. The crowd's going crazy, and everyone is raising the roof. The Dalai Lama is totally feeding on the crowd's energy. He starts whoop-whooping, sticking his tongue out. He grabs Kate Upton's ass so hard, you can tell that she's mad at him, but she's trying to act like she's not. Welcome, everyone, to the Newlywed Game. I'm your host, Scott Conant. You probably recognize me as the fourth most charismatic guest on Food Network's Chopped. For those of you who don't know what Chopped is... I'm basically like if you asked a 58-year-old woman to describe what her dream man looks like. Jeans, big shirt, haircut. My haircut's real and you cannot touch it. Unless you win. Tonight we've got some lovely couples joining us. They just said their bows, and now they're ready to trade some blouse. 
looks looks like rhymefiend.com failed me again. Blows, I guess. Like a gun makes a blow sound. Whatever. Let's introduce our guests. Our first couple needs no introduction. Introducing Sydney Sweeney and her husband, late night funny man Colin Quinn. You might remember him for playing Amy Schumer's dad in Trainwreck, co-starring LeBron James, folks. Would you like to know what some of Colin Quinn's off-Broadway specials have been called? Yes! Yes. Colin Quinn, An Irish Wake. Colin Quinn, Long Story Short. Colin Quinn, Unconstitutional. Colin Quinn, The New York Story. And he also did one called Red State, Blue State. (laughs) Sydney Sweeney did some stuff, too. She grew up watching Tough Crowd with her dad when she was seven. Let's meet our next couple. You know him as His Holiness, the Dalai Lama. And you know her as the hottest woman in the world if you don't count most of the Pussycat Dolls. Kate Upton, everyone. Who are the Pussycat Dolls? I must know. They Listen, they are these crazy ladies, and they're always going crazy about how sexy they are. I'll show you when we get home. What's up? Look, I haven't been in showbiz as long as Mr. Quinn. But my new Netflix special, Ask, Cash, or Grass, The Threefold Path, goes live next month. And what can I say about my vivacious wife? va va voom She looks like if they pump a bunch of silicone in hourglass. Seriously, I'm squeezing my dick right now! Just so I don't fucking not looking at her. These newlyweds are hot to trot and rearing to go. It's crazy all these cameras are here to capture the action. Okay. I'm going to explain the rules to the newlywed game now. There's points, questions, responses, everything. So if you already know the rules, now would be a good time to talk amongst yourselves while I explain them. Guys, I kind of thought a plan would present itself to us by now. What's the move here? Do, do we just rush him? Can't feel like if we just rush him and dump our dead uncle in his mouth, that would really freak everyone out. Why would we do that? He invited me here. We can't just dump the ashes on him until he lets me join his posse. After that, I'll decide if I want to betray you guys or not. But until then, don't dump the ashes. Got it? Understood. I don't care, but we have to do something. I'm getting bored. Maybe we should sneak backstage or something? For what? Why? I just thought it'd be fun to sneak backstage and maybe later we could fold it into the plan. We could become a valuable part of the plan later on. Which plan? We don't have a plan yet. I'm saying that when we do, it could be part of the plan. Me being backstage. But why would you just do it now for no reason? That's all I'm saying. You know, I think Andrew is right. You know, because whatever plan we come up with, sneaking backstage could be a big part of it. Right now, the plan could be that we come up with the plan while Andrew sneaks backstage. That's a plan. Well, basically, I'm just going to go sneak backstage now. I don't really care if it's part of the plan. I'm just going to do it. I'm also going to bring the Minotaur because he's stealthier than Branson. He's also sitting on my shoulders right now. Well, if Charles wants to betray us and you want to sneak off, I'm not really sure what my thing is. I don't want to betray you. I want to gain the trust of the Dalai Lama and then decide whether or not to betray you. Well, I'm too confused. And I don't get anything about what we're doing, but I'm feeling really antsy with everyone else having a thing. Uh, So I'm just going to look for some sort of boiler room, some sort of room with a bunch of pipes, uh, something with cranks, and I'm going to turn a bunch of cranks or something until something happens, and maybe that could be a part of the plan too. Unlike you guys, I'm actually here to see the show. 
I'm invested in the outcome because I know Mr. Llama and Kate are going to be so happy together and they deserve to win. Well, Andrew and the Minotaur already snuck away while we were talking, so I'm just going to kind of walk away too. So, you know, have fun betraying us, Charles, or whatever, or just let me know if you need any help. Branson walks to a big pipe with a huge crank that is six feet away and starts struggling with it, trying to open it. It's really rusty and it's not moving. And Branson is making a bunch of noise and people keep looking at him. We cut to the Minotaur and Andrew walking around backstage. They both seem to have VIP passes already and they're eating bags of pistachios and throwing the shells on the floor. A server walks up to them and hands them two champagne flutes. I've heard of champagne flutes, but this is like a whole damn symphony. Because there's two flutes. Right you are, my friend. You're a good conversationalist. We should have you on Pop That Corn sometime. Do I get to pick the movie? I'd like to talk about Mars Attacks. Christina Applegate never looked better than she did in that one. Yeah. Same with Annette Benning. Look! It's the Dalai Lama's dressing room. Maybe we can goof off in there. You got the ashes with you? Yeah, I do. You want me to burst on stage and shove them down the Dalai Lama's mouth? Is that cool or okay to do? I've been living in a labyrinth my whole life, and not metaphorically. No, 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 no. We might do that later. I'm not the plan guy. Charles is mostly the plan guy, and sometimes Branson if he's angry. This isn't a plan. This is more of a prank. Hmm. I'm intrigued. Please go on. Thank you. So, the prank is that we are going to take my uncle's ashes, and we are going to take a very small amount of ashes and put it in all of the Dalai Lama's food. Not a lot where it'll be noticeable, though. This is more of a fail-safe plan in case we try to dump the ashes into the Dalai Lama's mouth and a bunch of Secret Service guys stop us or something. I forget who the Dalai Lama works for. I think it's Richard Gere? Andrew and the Minotaur tiptoe into the Dalai Lama's dressing room. They start taking handfuls of ash out of the urn and start throwing them all over the food. They open a sandwich and pick up the deli meat with both hands and place it inside of the urn and put it back on the sandwich. They pour some ashes directly into a comically large bowl of mac and cheese. They even add a little bit of ashes to all the water bottles and shake it up so it basically looks like mostly water with a little bit of gray and dirty color to it. What now? Should we upper deck his toilet? I don't really have to go, but I could look around for some kind bars or something. Well, actually, I was thinking of dumping some of the ashes in the toilet, but that's more of a prank on my dead uncle than it is a prank on the Dalai Lama. I think we should just sit around and let stuff happen around us. I think we are about to switch scenes anyway. Cut to the stage of the newlywed game. Music is playing and Scott Conant is pretending to dance a little bit as they come back from commercial. He tries to do this weird gyrating dance and you can tell everyone in the front row is a little grossed out by it, but not enough to say anything. Let's begin the newlywed game, shall we? The first question is, what's the craziest place you've ever made Whoopi? Dalai Lama and Kate Upton, you control the board. Oh geez, that's a tough one. There's been so many places. My throne in Damsala, on the buffet table at Vanity Fair's Nobel Peace Prize after party? Oh, jeez. We just finished a project with Phoebe Bridges. It's a music video where me and Kate just have uncensored, unsimulated sex for three and a half minutes while Phoebe sings about how her boyfriend forgot her corgi's birthday. That boyfriend sounds like a real piece of shit. I would never treat Phoebe that way. Normally, we'd like to hear from the other contestants now, but how about we just keep letting you talk, Mr. Llama? Tell me. Who's a bigger procrastinator, you or Kate? Oh, she gonna kill me for talking about this. I would say her, because I am very proactive, very proactive. Actually, 
There's a funny story about how we first met. We were at a launch party for Game of War 2, Rise of War. And let me say this. I detest war. I hate it. But everyone watching right now should get on their phones and download Game of War 2. It's really immersive experience and totally okay for pacifists to play fake war on their phones. Really fun game. But anyway, I saw Kate from across the room wearing all the medieval armor and shit. And I walked up to her like, let me see the goods. I want to see the goods. And I did. So it was love at first sight. Amazing. Now, Mr. Lama, I hear that Kate is moving to Dharamsala to live with you full time. We're all very happy for you. But I've got to know, which one of you is more of a slob around the house? Again, I don't mean to tell tales out of school, but well, Kate is such a slob that sometimes she's too lazy to put on any clothes at all. Just all day long, walking around, butt-ass naked in the crib. I'm like, damn, that's seriously lazy as hell. And I'm like, you know, I could be with a girl half your age right now if I wanted. I could. It's true. The Dalai Lama is so famous he could have any teenager he wants. And yet he chose Kate Upton because he loves her. Delightful. Moving right along, if your spouse was a Disney character, who would they be? You know, Disney asked Kate to play the princess in the new reboot of Song of the South, but I wouldn't let her. We already had tickets to every String Cheese Incident show on the North American tour last fall. We had a blast following them around the country, trading tapes, smoking herb, just kind of vibing. We even caught up with Justin Verlander at the New York show. Did some blow in the bathroom at the Rainforest Cafe that replaced CBGB's and raised hell. Stole a bike from some punk-ass kid who asked for his autograph. Then I crop dusted him. Wow! Sounds like a blast. And the string cheese incident? Say what you will about jam bands, but I love them because they're always noodling around. The fuck you would just say to me? Only try to have a little fun. I can see from the furious pace of Colin Quinn's chain smoking that he really wishes I'd ask him a question. But how often do you have the Dalai Lama in house, folks? You'll have your turn, Colin. Pipe down and let the big D cook. So, your holiness, what was your mother's maiden name? Lama. Duh, of course. Isn't that obvious? And what was the name of your first college roommate? The make and model of your first car? Scott, buddy, are you fishing for answers to my email security questions? I got news for you, pal. I use two-factor authentication. You're not going to get one past me. Can't blame a guy for trying. Even though he's a llama, they call him Dolly. But there's nothing sheepish about him. He'll go right for the jugular if he senses weakness. I can't believe this stupid fucker tried to trick his holiness. You know, your holiness, they call you Dolly. But there's nothing sheepish about you. You sense weakness and you went right for my jugular. I respect that. Are we going to play the fucking newlywed game or what? Sure. Tonight, we'd like to try something a little different. We want to bring one lucky fan on stage to ask a question of their own. Ooh, 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 pick me, pick me. I'm here in the front row. I'm just going to stand up before you pick and walk up because I'm going to be perfect for this. Charles is holding his arm up with his other arm really dramatically. He's trying to act like he's been raising his hand for so long that he's tired in order to guilt Scott Conant into letting him on stage on the newlywed game. Scott Conant looks at him like kind of, is this guy for real? but nobody else is raising their hand, so he begrudgingly invites him onto the stage. Everyone, please give a round of applause for this middle-aged guy. Do you have a question for the Dalai Lama kid? Well, I'm not middle-aged yet. You probably have me confused with my friend Branson. I'm Charles, and I come in peace. 
Look, Ba, I know I have ops. I sleep with one eye open, and when I'm awake, I keep two eye open, even to be more cautious. I'm highly alert to schemes and pranks, and I hope your ass don't try something goofy with me. I would never try anything funny, sir. I just want to ask you a question about your love life. Sir, do you believe in love at first sight between an alien man and a human woman? If aliens exist. Fire in the hole! Oh, fuck! I picked the wrong pipe, guys. This one's all water. That one, this one's on me, guys. Uh, someone might want to call a plumber. Uh, I don't know how to undo this, and I'm not sorry. The pipe is now gushing out water that is pooling right in front of the stage. Branson is trying to play it off like it's part of the show. Scott Conant looks really pissed because the humidity in the room is threatening the structure and stability of his haircut. The Dalai Lama is on the side of the stage harassing a PA about the location of the Rob Roy cocktail that he did not order yet. Listen, scotch, sweet vermouth, and bitters, agosterna bitters, cherry to garnish. That doesn't sound so fucking hard now, does it? I'm losing my fucking NFT horse race right now, and the DraftKings server is fucked, and I can't place a fucking bet on Kyrie's NASCAR debut tonight. Hello, Moto. Uh, did I get a text, or did someone just play the national anthem of Brazil? That's him! The famous singing farmer from TikTok! The one with the magic beans! Shut up for a second, I'm trying to read this text message. Oh, look, it's from my friend Andrew. He's telling me to distract the audience. Only I could think of a way to do that. Sing your song! Sing to the beans! Burp for us! Dance with the pig! Is anyone doing anything about that ruptured pipe? My K-Swiss are soaked! Uh, not quite sure what I'm supposed to do. Just off stage, I can see some Rick Owens boots and some hooves under it. Maybe Andrew's ready to take the shot. Just sing the damn song! All the jeans are brown, all jeans are brown, and the sky is gray, as the sky is gray, and California dreaming on a big old day, on the biggest day. As Branson sings, he throws down a small seed into a puddle on the studio floor. It rapidly starts growing and growing until it is a beautiful, smiling sunflower, and the sunflower sings alongside Branson, and it also dances with him a little. Also, Branson's eyes start glowing green. Now's our chance. Come on, Andrew. Our whole friendship has been leading up to this unforgettable moment. Here goes nothing. Wait, what's that up ahead? Lying there on stage. It's... it's Snorlax. He's blocking our path. Fuck! I left my pokey flute at home, and Branson's song doesn't seem to be doing the trick. There's no time to waste. The Dalai Lama is going to Canada after this to record an album on the Canadian government's dime. Who knows when he'll ever return? Andrew's right. They won't let me into Canada because they think DUIs are contagious up there. This thing is now or never. But I'm the distraction, and I can't do it! Andrew, you need to Joe Montana that shit to Charles now! Charles! I'm gonna Joe Montana the urn to you! What? Who? All the jeans are brown, and the sky is gray, and the sky is gray. At that moment, Andrew Joe Montana, the urn to Charles, who was standing in dumping distance of the Dalai Lama. However, he faced a most perilous choice. <sighs> what should I do? My friends and our deceased uncle are counting on me to humiliate this sweet old man. But the Dalai Lama is my mentor. He's like a friend who I'm not actually friends with. 
I haven't been this conflicted since the 2016 election when I had to choose whether to write in Howard Schultz or Martin O'Malley. Are we taking a break? Is this a break? Are you still recording? I'm just going to sit here and look at some hot porno on my phone. Sorry, Kate. But porno is a completely different thing that I'll, I'll always need in addition to screwing you. But today, this porno is boring me. Screwtube, Mr. Nuts, Laid Limo, Vajvan, Hentai Honda. It's an animated Honda, not a real car. It's a cartoon car that goes honking at anime sluts. Kind of like Herbie the Love Bug, where it drives itself, but much hornier and way more Japanese. <sighs> None of these pornos are doing it for me today. I'm just going to lean back and have a great big yawn. <gasps> He's yawning. This is my chance. But shit, I'm having a flashback. Andrew, Branson, Charles, I know you're my nephews, but I love you just like if you were my wives. In a non-sexual way, like a loveless marriage. No sex, just to be clear. That's why I'm so glad you were down to tailgate with me before this live taping of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Now come on and shotgun this ninth round of beers with me. What's wrong? Too full of beer already? Fuck you. Do what I tell you. You always have to do what I tell you. Even if I'm dead, if I'm dead and you have unfulfilled tasks that I gave you in my will or something, you better fucking do it. Now grab those car keys and stab that fucking beer can because we need to be in the zone when Mo Rocca incorrectly identifies which congressman made a humorous faux pas in front of a Hill reporter this week. Charles starts crying like Shinji. I don't know if I can do it, but I have no choice. This is for you, Uncle. Suddenly, Charles dumps the ashes all into the Dalai Lama's mouth, his eyes, his nose, the whole works while he's reflecting on how bored he was by the porno. The Dalai Lama tries to scramble away, but Branson's green eyes start to glow and roots shoot out of the ground and constrict the Dalai Lama's legs. Andrew and the Minotaur rush the Dalai Lama from backstage and they start pouring a bunch of Jolly Rancher soda on his head. The show comes back from commercial break and, knowing good TV when they see it, the cameramen bring their cameras over to get a close-up of the Dalai Lama while he's getting his ass kicked. This is for our uncle who you never met and had nothing to do with you, you stupid old bastard. Ah, they should make a porno where they dump ashes on girls, but only consensually. We did it! Our uncle's wishes have been completed! How are we gonna get out of here? Look, it's the eagles from Lord of the Rings. Let's move! The orchestra music swells, and a bunch of sound effects play as our heroes, and Kate Upton, make their escape. Star Wars stuff, lasers, Chewbacca screams, the clanging of swords, explosions, you get the picture. The eagles swiftly drop our heroes and Kate Upton into the pool in the backyard of their mansion. Cannonball! A man in a snorkel is underwater, and he comes to the surface. It's the British butler who works there on an H-1B visa for especially talented butlers. Postcard for you, sirs. Oh, and one more thing. The mansion is yours now, and all of the money. Thanks, butler, but we don't need it. Our new friend Kate here can have all the mansions and cool stuff from our uncle. We're going to hit the old dusty trail just like we always do. Who's the postcard from? Maybe someone wants to give us a mansion and money. Let's see here. (gasps) It's from John Jordan Jordan of John Jordan Jordan Vineyard Winery. He says he wants us to meet him in Paris, the hometown of wine. They go nuts for wine in Paris. They call it champagne. He says (gasps) his daughter has gone missing and he needs our help. Well, here we go again. Hey, what's that, Kate? 
You want to give us something to thank us for the free mansion and money? She's mumbling because she's so shy around us. A gift? What's this? It's <gasps> magical snake oil. The real kind. Chardonnay, Cabernet, which one is best, man? I don't know. Yeah, who's to say, say? Staring at the shelf, don't know which bottle to take. I drink my finest wine at John Jordan, Jordan Lake. Everybody saying just one more glass.